Oh, let's see if I still remember how to start this thing. I have it. I have it saved as a text document on my desktop, but I'm cocky. Okay, go for it. Humans have like Zierks, Horkbajir, and Taxons, if you managed to find some earbuds. Welcome to the Wonder Yerks for all your Animorphs rereading and eventual rewatching needs. I'm Sarah. I'm Blair. I'm Seda. I'm 15. I watch anime because a girl I like has a crush on it. And. <laughs> no, and. Uh, yes. That's it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Damn, what were um, we all, what were we, what were, if we, if we all woke up and found that the past 10 years had just been some cruel trick by God, where would we be? Like, I would be, uh, well, I mean, so I'm 28, uh, sure. so I graduated in 2009 and then did an extra semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would be in a weird film focus program with a whole bunch of other weirdos being like too emotionally vulnerable and like really pushed into it by teachers for some reason because they thought that was like fine. Um, uh-huh. Sure. And making weird. Oh, I w- had just wrapped up a production of Footloose, in which oh, I, yes. I played the preacher's wife and me and my other friend who is a gay man fell deeply in love uh-huh. uh because we were i'm pretty sure in the i actually would I, i'm pretty sure fun fact about 10 years ago at this time i was in the middle of a production of footloose oh <laughs> which i think is a bit i think it's i think that's funny but yeah. to be fair footloose is footloose is pretty popular i, I imagine any of us it's you a take bad a... play it's a bad <laughs> play the script is bad the music is not good either counterpoint nope let's hear it for the boy <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I like to sing it to Gerald so it can stay. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that's like, that's like a good Gerald song. Um, I was thirteen ten years ago, and so that means I was reading <laughs> Death Note Yaoi. <laughs> Probably on DeviantArt. That's what I was doing. Oh, speaking of Death Note, in the time since our last episode, I have started and finished my rewatch. Oh, mm-hmm. fun! <laughs> now you can read Death Note Yaoi. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't the do kid. it. It's all bad. Um, <laughs> even then, I knew this was all bad. Um, no, I. Yeah, Light Yagami is far too busy thinking about murder to ever think of. He could not possibly fuck at this juncture. No, he's also not sexy, so that's fine. Not in the slightest. Nope. <laughs> now, Ryuk, though. I can't talk. I literally can't talk about the horniness. The thing is, I haven't read Death Note since I was a like a middle school aged teenager so like preteen so I, I i feel like i'm betraying a so about 10 years ago it's it's just a little too strange for me <laughs> i can't do it that's fair um this is an animorphs podcast not an anime podcast thank god it's not a fucking anime podcast well okay so after the wonder yurks is over how do you guys feel about transitioning into the one no, I can't. I, 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 I that, there's not a pun I think you can find there. Wonder, I, like the clothes, what I was going to go for. Yu-Gi-Oh's. Wonder Yu-Gi-Oh's. Wonder Yu-Gi-Oh's. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's not bad. I was going to say the Wonder Weebs, but that doesn't really work either. No. Um. So for, for now, we'll, we'll table that, come back to it later, and for now, we will just be the Wonder Years. Cool. It's I'm the into it. Morph. 
I like it. Thanks. Now let's let's do that time on tradition of taking a look at this cover of Jake morphing into taller Jake. Holy shit! Okay, so I was like, whoa, Jake's gonna turn into a forty-year-old man. Spoiler: He's like twenty-five. God, he he really does. Oh my god, he's so old. I yeah, uh, yeah I he looks like Captain Jack Harness, Harkness plus ten. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> um, it's been a while since I've seen Doctor Who. That's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I immediately started losing my mind over this cover. I, uh, I feel like they could have stopped at like the fourth one, you know, and For that's sure. about the right age. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That right. second one is definitely like high. That, that that second one's like high school senior. Third one's like I don't know, college sophomore. Yeah, right. Fourth one, I fully believe that's like someone who's like a couple of years out of college, and they were like, "Damn, what the fuck am I doing?" The years <laughs> took over, and I'm just over here pushing paper, pushing so pencils. The 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 title of this book is the familiar. Um, sure. I'd like Fucking... to, I'd like to push back on that. Uh, <laughs> Perhaps it's ironically titled The Familiar. Maybe. There's nothing familiar about this book. It's crazy. It's off the wall. (laughs) Yeah, this book is... There are moments in this book that I think are pretty good. Yeah. Those moments are kind of few. And they're challenged by... Um, just the structure. Of Man, this why book? does his? F- I'm I'm sorry. I'm still looking at that image. Like there is like it is like two different faces. That second to last one and that last one. Yeah. Like yeah. That, uh, that last one. God, it's got Jeff Gerstmann's eyes. <laughs> and so the the uh, the caption or the subtitle for this is "They're out of sight, you're out of mind," which is nonsense. Yeah. Like even they're out of sight. You're out of mind. Yeah, like, the one I kept thinking of was like the Gwen Stefani, like out of my, out of my. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> but um, it, I, you're out of my. It doesn't. What are they I trying would, to say? <laughs> right, I would say even outside of the. Okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Total nonsense. Yeah. I think I just cracked it. Okay. Yeah. You can't see a yerk when they're in your head. Sure. And you're not really in your control of things, so you're out of control in you're your mind. You're being so generous right now. Yeah. I know, I know. I am working for this reach. I am fully aware. I'm just trying to connect some dots here because Capelgate was not kind. I'll, I'll accept that. It's just that the phrase, you're out of mind, just means you aren't being thought of. Right. And yeah, so, right, <laughs> right. I, uh... I think that what was out of mind was them trying to come up with a subtitle for this book. I think that was I think that was out of mind. I mean, you you have this I, so you you have this draft thrown in front of you and it's like come up with a title. Hey, copy at like copywriter, come up with a title and tagline yeah. for this. And you're like, "Well, Jesus Christ." I I genuinely don't think there's any, like, I I genuinely think there were just like 52, I think maybe at one point there were 52 or 54, however many books there are, there were 54 subtitles that all went like well together, but then some intern with like glasses and a stuffy and like a pocket protector, he tripped and all of them got all mixed up. Sure. Like, that's really what it feels like. It just feels <laughs> like someone did, a, someone did an oopsie. Yeah. Oh man. 
Yeah, I'm gonna make it my mission to try and come up with a better title over the. Okay, thank you, Gerald. Over the course of this episode. Um, Unfamiliar. <laughs> yeah. Also, just mandatory. Let's get it out of the way first. Insert my brother, my brother, and me theme song reference here. Yep. Okay. It's the familiar. Great. Thank you. Um. Well. Okay. Hold on. Before we move on to the book itself, how you looking about? I think this is the first time we've seen a clothes morph on the cover of these books. Um, like, 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 we've definitely seen clothes morphing in and out of, of certain animals sure. and other humanoid creatures. But I don't think we've ever seen a clothes-to-clothes clothes morph like we're seeing here. Um, it, I mean, it's incomprehensible in the context of animorphs, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, it's like, you, there's like, there's like an effort being done to like, for the top, for like the face. And then like the, the clothing is just like, let's just do like a quick like opacity fade. Right, totally. Like 25, 50, 75, 100%. Right, so for the the home audience, it is Jake in a green t-shirt right, yes. and jeans, uh, Jinko jeans. jeans it looks like. Big old um, jeans. Uh, and then um, a quote-unquote 25-year-old Jake in um, a bright red-orange jumpsuit, um, uh, looking very space-agey. Think, think Fallout, but if it was bread instead of blue, the Sure, jumpsuit. and with a, a number with a blue five, blazer underneath. on the arm. Not blazer. I don't <laughs> um, know what clothes are. Yeah, it's just a it's just a big pile of nonsense. But, I, do, uh, it, I do like the one piece of hair that's like migrating towards the center of his head. Yeah, that's like part of growing up is that like your hair kind of gets a little loose. I guess. I guess. <laughs> so okay, um, this book would have come out in like two thousand one, right? Something like that. Two thousand one, two thousand two. April two thousand. It says on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Oh really? Um, yeah. So, and the time skip is what, 15 years? 10. Yes. Is it 10? Yep. So this is 2010. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not necessarily true. I think that like things were, I think things were like, I think that these books were like contemporary when they started, but I think they've like remained I, at a different pace than yeah, the Yeah. I don't think world. that they went, um. <laughs> but then again. Because be, like with the timeline of this book. It, it's very much like it, this seems to for the first time give Jake a solid age of like right. 15 and I right. feel like it was very much implied that they were like 12 or 13 when the series began for sure so, yeah, I, so it's and, and so it's hard I... to tell if that's like them like just messing that up or if it's showing that some time has passed. Um, if, I mean, if, uh, it's hard to say, but I did just remember that at the end of this book, they do name drop the Phantom Menace as a poster that Jake has on his wall. Right. Oh, yeah. So, this is, this is definitely happening post, uh, when was that? That was, like, May of 1999? Um, Wasn't the Phantom yeah. Menace 1990? No, 99. No. Re- re- okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I created an entire decade earlier version of this movie. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Star Wars didn't exist until like three years ago in my opinion so <laughs> that's actually super true <laughs> Woo. oh man uh <laughs> but, um yeah so this book starts out really gruesome which i oh, yeah. i remember because i was i started reading i got off work early and i was just sitting there eating a sandwich that has cranberry sauce on it Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just sitting there with my laptop open being like, why do I try to start these books while eating? And especially right now, this like sloppy, like red thick sauce just like coming out of this sandwich. And I was like, uh. oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, um, it's, 
it, it starts us on an in-media res scene of just, like, a really rough fight going on, and Jake gets fucking disemboweled. And, There's like, guts he... within the first, like, three pages. Yeah, and then, he, and, then he, and then, like, he he is not extricated from the situation from which he has been disemboweled until, like, ten pages later. Yeah, it's it's like He gets so much fight. done while his tummy entrails are hanging out. So much. And, like, the fight just keeps going and going, and it ends really, like, badly it ends with marco and rachel being like trapped um because rachel goes like bloodthirsty and marco's like calm the fuck down we're leaving and then they get trapped and they get out and blah 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 and cassie's like oh my god i killed like five hork bajir we're more like the enemy every day jake what are we gonna do and jake's like i can't deal with this right now uh Uh we are not like the enemy uh, bye. <laughs> and it's like, right. Animorphs? Hello? Yeah. So, so it starts like that with this, like, unexplained level of, like, high-intensity nonsense. And yeah. that's just it for the rest of the book, basically. Yeah. Like, that is, it sets its tone very early. And, I mean, I guess props, question mark, to it, to just sticking with it for the rest of the book. The, um, the tone of this one was significantly more surreal than I would say is average yeah. um, oh for sure in in ways that sometimes that largely did not work uh, oh, <laughs> for yeah. me uh because it felt like i was just sort of in free fall the entire time i was reading and not necessarily in like a, an effective way just in a like did they miss a chapter here <laughs> way <laughs> yeah um the the PDF copy I was reading, um, like I guess semi hilariously, uh, mislabeled one of the chapters as like halfway through the book as chapter three, and I was like, "Is this the misplaced chapter that's supposed to explain why things right. are happening?" <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. It was just poorly labeled. But um, yeah. Oh, uh, it's it's just so it's like, as soon as they get out of this like hyper violent fight where everybody's really really hurt. Um, and they're, like, killing pe- killing creatures left and right. Everybody's in peak form. Rachel's like, fuck all of you. I could have killed all of them. Uh, if you just let me, if you just let me at them. And Marco's like, you're so selfish. You're going to get us all killed. I Shut up. And Jake's like, has a migraine. Uh, right. <laughs> basically. Totally. And Cassie's like, I want to talk about feelings, please. And they're like, we- no, we can't. And then Axe walks Cassie home, and I have feelings about it. Right, me too. Yes. And it's like, I don't know. It's it was it's just a lot right off the bat, especially after taking a little break from the books. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, me and Sarah were kind of talking about this before you hopped on the call, though, about mm. how it's like, um, almost appropriate that this is the book we came back to because it totally. required us to basically retain none of it because something tells me that this is going to have nothing to do with anything in the future and also i didn't need to remember anything that immediately just happened in order to read this book this yeah Uh, this book is really strange because the entire time it definitely has like a feeling of filler to it but it also ends so suddenly in such a way that has me like oh shit end game end game time I, oh i know oh no oh i actually had the same thing because i've because like this penultimate chapter was happening and it was like like happening happening yeah like, things were still happening yeah and then things just ab- abruptly stopped happening and i was like 
and with no explanation and just with question marks everywhere. And uh-huh. I was like, either 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 Endgame A or B, um, just a, a very rushed draft that they're like, <laughs> we have to get this out. The deadline was like a week ago. It needs to happen now. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's very I so. So I, I think I think I may have missed something, which is entirely possible. But w- what about this is screaming Endgame to y'all? The way that it uh, ends, just, just literally the, the end. end. Right, like the, just the, the, the end. The, the final chapter, or the way that like the whole Jake thing ends. Just for me, just the final chapter because yeah. there's so much. There's like we we have. I mean, I guess we're talking about the book, so it's spoilers. So I think it's okay for us to go a little bit out of order. But mm-hmm. like. Like, he wakes up with this voice in his head after all of this nonsense has happened. And it's like, ah, neither male nor female, n- neither young nor old, this voice is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the Elemist. which is like oh, studying humans. Right. And it's, and like, obviously had transplanted this memory, or like, not memory, but like, hypothetical future into his brain. Um, and just, like, for funds. But we don't, but the, the shocking lack of curiosity Jake has about that, um, where he basically just surveys his room after all of that and then calls Cassie to ask if she's okay. It's and also, that's bas- yeah, it. it's, to me, it's, it's the lack of resolution. Um, right. Like, we don't, you know, this whole book is leading up to Jake making this huge choice yeah, where he's point. basically... Uh, saving the one or saving the many, which is, like, what he's wrestling with the entire time. It's what he starts wrestling with at the beginning of the book when he's, like, trying to save more of his team by trapping Rachel and Marco in this fight. Um, And he makes this choice, and they don't really say... They don't say what he does. And, like, you you could honestly take it either way, I think, because they don't say what he does, and then he calls Cassie to ask if she's okay after she had been so upset the day before. Um, and to me, that could really lean either way. Like, that could mean, oh, yeah, he's calling Cassie because he chose to save her life in this thing that we'll get back to. Um, or it could mean he's calling Cassie because, you know, he chose the other thing and wants to check in and be like, ah. Um, and, like... Uh, make sure that everything gets set right. I don't know. So it's just the way that it ends, it feels like it's setting up something really big. Um, and it's also possible that it's just bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the way this rest of this book is structured, it neither would really surprise me. Yeah. Um, so... I, uh, so... so, yeah, after they, after they get home from this fight at the beginning, the first thing that started really tugging at my heartstrings, this is when I was still very engaged in this book, is that Jake and Tom have some like brotherly roughhousing? Yeah, yeah. Like, no. uh, it's oh, so my heart much. hurt about it. He like like Jake like insults him, and Tom like trips him, and Jake like kicks him or whatever, and they're just like eh, like just acting like siblings, and like they don't know that they're on opposite sides of a war. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, well, yeah. on and, and, the on the on the other, you say that. But Tom's trick, he does so, know. I, I mean, apparently. He, this like, is, yeah, he starts, he well, asks, he's like, hey, Jake, do you have blood on you? And Jake's like, oh, you know, my shitty bike. And then later we find out that in this hypothetical future that Jake wakes up in, uh, that was how Tom figured out. 
Well, because because like Jake even himself says that he like he he had a better thing at the ready when Tom showed up abruptly when, because he wasn't expecting Tom to be home in the first place, and Tom was like, "Hey, Jake, what's up with that fucking?" Because he's got the morphing outfit on, and mm-hmm. Tom's like, "What the fuck are you wearing?" And Jake's like, "Uh, spilled Pepsi all over my pants, <laughs> all over my pants and my shoes and my socks and my shirt, and I had to get new ones." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, but then like later, like right before Jake's about to hit the hay, like he's on the verge of sleep. Like he's just like, Tom is just like, so what happened to your leg? Jake's like, uh, you, you know, my bike. Yeah. It's, it's. Anyways, it's, deuces. And then like he falls asleep as Tom is like staring him down from the bedroom door. Yeah. Right. <sighs> it, it, it's, I, I it, He has a, I think this is very funny given like the, very surreal stuff that's about to happen to us for the next 50 pages jake has an incredibly on the nose dream like he's standing at a dam and like has his finger in the hole trying to like hold all of the water back and it's like Uh it's very very on the nose which is fine but Uh just given the what the next bit of the book it's like did you ju- you just wanted to really lay that out before we like descended into madness? <laughs> yeah. I guess. And this, uh, this it it turns into it turns into the next the next fifty pages or so are it just turns into uh, Blair. We were discussing before the show. You said this was really bad Doctor Who filler. Oh yeah. Oh, is it, what it that, felt like to me. Yeah. It. Can you um, out of curiosity? Can you point to any episodes in perhaps the first Angels two Take seasons Manhattan? Of no. Sorry, maybe Blair can. <laughs> first but two seasons. This is Angels Take Manhattan. Um, for sure. No, is and that, it felt, is that the it feels very Moffat showrunner to yeah. me. Wait, is, is that the one where the Statue of Liberty is a weeping angel? Yes. Yes. Okay. I... It's not technically filler because a lot of important shit happens in it, but, like, I just, I kept, I was losing my, so Jake wakes up in his 25-year-old body and is like, all right, cool. I've had a psychotic break. I guess I'll just deal with that. Um, what pissed me off so much about that is that, like, he has gone both forwards and backwards in time right? on so multiple silly. occasions. And he's just like, oh, guess I'm... Okay, so the last time it was it was the droid or whatever. This time, though, I'm just fucking bonkers. Yeah. And so he wakes up. The reason that this... I, I We didn't talk about this, Blair, but I completely agree. This felt like Doctor Who filler to me is that it's just, like future new york ooh, right new york baby but everything's future and post-apocalyptic uh-oh yep. and, and you know like... what else and the world trade center is there yeah which, was, which i was like that's right i was like what oh yep just what? slightly too soon for that to have happened and when I, I was reading the wikipedia article for it later the whatever seropedia article for it later <laughs> Was, I do love that it is Seropedia. I do just want to say that. It says, This book was published in April of 2000 and features a future New York City set around the mid to late 2000s that has most of the skyscrapers destroyed except for the Twin Towers, which are standing and unscathed. And it's like, Whoo. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's I mean, very... It's, yeah, it's it's something. Yeah, um, but it's, it's like, I, I just, I was like, laughing so hard it they sort of like ease off the brakes of the new york stuff a little bit at the end like they're still very location based around it like he goes to like several new york landmarks etc but at the beginning he's like well here's how i know that this ain't new york i've been to new york and a person just talked to me and that that wouldn't happen in new york Uh -uh. that's a year (laughs) 
Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold hold the fuck on. I think we just I think I just realized that there's an untapped vein of this podcast that we've been completely uh, uh, ignoring for these last sixty odd episodes. Uh-huh. Which is that in addition to a cover quote, such as they're out of sight, you're out of mind, all the books apparently have an inside cover quote. Oh my god. So for this what is it one, in this one? All grown up and no place to go. <laughs> That's so much better. Right. It really is. <laughs> I well, mean, I'm he does, see, he does have several places to go. That's the whole book. But still, so much better. <sighs> I'm trying to find I'm trying to find other history of this. Uh God. Yeah, every every single one of them has one, and it's way better than whatever the one on the cover is. We're gonna yeah. have to at some point. We should like, do a special episode. Like, you remember that where... one where there's like a fucking forty page like like buffalo fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 inside front cover quote is where the buffalo roam. Is that where it? the what? Where the buffalo roam? And like, it's not good, but it's better than to morph or not to morph. That is yeah, the question. Yeah, it is a lot better. Um, we should um, we should go through speed round at some point in a special episode and just decide which one is better. For sure. Um, um, so Jake like gets <laughs> oh my god, that would be really good. The subway, and he's like, "Oh, I'm having trouble controlling my host," and because he figures out, "Oh, I'm in the future. Everybody's controllers because it's New York and the people are talking to me or whatever." Um, right. And he, they're like, "Oh, don't worry. Those are there are pills for that now." And then we've learned that they changed the name of the Empire State Building to the Yerk Empire State Building. I would like to speak <laughs> with you about this. It's just called the Empire State Building. It's not called the Earth Empire State Building or the Human Empire State Building or the American Empire State Building. It's just called the Empire State Building. Empire State, baby, let's go. You can call it the Empire Yerk Building. Um. Also, here's a here's a missed opportunity. So why is it York, New York City, and not New, New York, York City? City. <laughs> fuck! God, fuck! Welcome to New York. It's been no! for you. <laughs> no! Oh no! It's here in New Year. Um, oh, and then like... a you can eat from the moon. They come to you. Um, only living, uh, boy in New York. Um, that's yeah. Jake right now. Yeah. Um, so well, he, yes. Yeah. So we there's meet. A, there's an so. extremely small detail from this part that I really just, I really just love because Jake gets like an ad to like return to the year home world right now. Like some fucking hollow banner ad playing above yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of like, uh, stupid... <laughs> Yes, full stop. (laughs) (laughs) Like, trying to shove in futuristic details, which I feel like maybe would be more effective if this series weren't full of alien technology already. Right. Yeah, I I didn't... The future details was not where I was. I, I, there were parts of this future stuff that I really enjoyed, which is when they like did like the the mundanity of all of like the year shit. Like there's a there's a when Jake when Jake goes into work in the future, uh, a controller greets him and is like, "You're just in time for this afternoon's group efficiency workshop." Piped yeah. up another one of the humans. Peer communication skills, conquest through companionship. Yeah. Like that's no, the good shit. But that's like, really oh, that's great. But yeah, there's a lot of like, it's just, it's not impressive to see future, uh, like futuristic, interesting technology because this whole series is full of it. <laughs> um, 
Jake like stumbles into an abandoned subway platform and I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, Animorphs seems like it wants to engage in disability politics again. Oh no. <sighs> because, you know, they see like a bunch of humans down there who have like like disabilities or are sick and then there's like Andalites who don't have their tail blades and they're all in this commune type thing because they can't be controllers but it's like stop (laughs) i know i get what you're doing but i don't need you to go there please like we one can assume basically yeah and the thing Um, is though that those that group is barely referenced again except that like it's implied that the rebel force kills a bunch of them so they basically exist to be sad and dirty and then die and it's like right. all right cool <laughs> all right sure yeah. like it's fine this is always gonna be part of like it's sort of in- inherently gonna be discussed if you're dealing with a, like a parasitic invasion you know sure, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. just like it's been i feel like the density of it has just gone up in the past few books and i'm like over yeah. it <laughs> right yeah um Slightly before, like, right before Jake meets these, like, like these disabled people that the Freedom Fighters are all camp- are all crusading for, mm. um, there is a very fun line where he, like, fucking, this fucking, are both of you familiar with the song Godspeed, uh, 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 Dead Flag Blues by Godspeed You Black Emperor? No. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. That's a shame. <laughs> There, there. Okay. The entire thing is just the the entire thing is just like someone monologuing in a really deep Tom Waits voice over a somber violin about like some desolate city about some like desolate apocalyptic cityscape. Okay. It's just like the streets are all paved red with the. Bl-. Anyways, but Jake, Jake just has a line where it's like the McDonald's on the corner was a burned out <laughs> shell. Golden arches lay crushed and dim on the sidewalk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I guess I do know that song actually. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't place it when you said it. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that my impression of whoever that whatever that guy's name is was good mm-hmm. enough. <laughs> we meet uh, in in the subway. We meet a new alien. Um, yes. And I tried to like quickly write down like a description. It's um, like the Orf. It's called. They're called the Orf. Um, they are humanoid, but they have a third leg and a long neck with one glowing eye that has orbiting pupils and their skin is entirely transparent. So you can see all of their organs on display, like, you know, a, a children's cartoon character that teaches you about the body. And it does, right. it like, does fucking, turn like, out like, later. Fucking that... Daniel Goodbody or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, who I, 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 I never. not Daniel. It's something like that. I, it might just be Mr. Goodbody. I think you're right. It's something that I never experienced, but only heard as a reference. So I don't feel totally confident. Slim. Slim Goodbody. Slim Goodbody. Yeah. That sounds yes. familiar. It turns yes. out later that the organs you see are decoys. <laughs> Sorry, in, in Google, I just found this Wikipedia article. I, I just, I, I really want to hear the. I really want to get going, but this Wikipedia article is very funny to me. The way it starts, 
Slim Goodbody, aka the super the superhero of health, aka Mr. Goodbody, is a fictional creator character cre character created and performed by John Bernstein. Bernstein created the character in 1975. He performed as wearing a sometimes white, sometimes flesh-colored unitard with various tissues, organs, and organ systems painted in biologically accurate locations and sizes. Each costume costs four thousand dollars. <laughs> that is insane. That's, that that's is... the intro paragraph before his table of contents. That is, it's why. Hold on, let's go look at Slim Good Body. See what this. <laughs> I'm looking this at it now. This is not a four thousand dollar. Though I am no, right now hearing a parody this, of this, Million this, Dollar this... Man by Lana Del Rey, but you look like a four thousand dollar man. Um, you know what this? You know what this fucking looks like? This looks like you remember, you remember like those fucking mats that you would get in like the like a playground floor or something that was like this one's a city and this one's a train station. Like it looks like if you made that uh, like that, but human body and then wrapped it around a man. Yeah. Totally. It's That's absurd. Are they Jesus. counting the cost of the research to like look at where organs are? Because I don't think I you can count that. I feel like I could buy this morph suit on Amazon for thirteen dollars now. Um, it's yeah. cool. Amazon, uh, slim, good, but no, yeah, four thousand dollars. Sorry, Blair. Oh shit. <laughs> Oh, I can buy a box set of DVDs of Slim Goodbody's Desker size. You wonder how much that'll set me back? That'll set me back $999 US dollars. Oh. Oh. That's um that's uh one fourth of a slim good body. <laughs> yes. Anyway, sorry for driving us down the slim good body path. No, it's okay. Uh, Canadian Amazon doesn't even have... Canadian Amazon has five things if you look up Slim Good Body, and three of them are just $20 photographs. Of Slim... <laughs> just high-quality high pictures of Slim Good Body? This one's 1983 with $10 shipping. There's only one left in stock. It is black and white. Folks, I don't have much time. What do we think? <laughs> uh... one left in stock it is a jpeg so what we have is a unique vintage black and white photo ready for me to frame uh it's an original press photo uh available for the first time after decades of storage in a newspaper uh, office and okay. uh, it is our good friend slim Goodbody uh wearing his four thousand dollar suit um mm -hmm. given a given a double thumbs up yeah, having a great well, time. Not, not, his smile does not. His smile does not reach his eyes. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, but one can pretend. Just but does not. The 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 slightly off kilter thumbs are a little bit. I, I kind of wish they were like uh they were like on the same fucking Y plane. Yeah. Oh sure. No, he's there casual is an, as there hell. There is a word for what I just <laughs> said, and I forgot what it was. I think what you ended up saying was just as good, if not better. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Um, um, so just like, uh, just like Mr. Slimbody, it turns out that these organs are decoys. <laughs> for the orf. You can't just say Mr. Slimbody! <laughs> Why? I not that's his name. <laughs> Please, Mr. Goodbody was my father. Call me Slim. Call me Slim. Call me Slim Goodbody, please stand up. Find me, Slim ah, Body, in the I'm throwing myself into the river. 
I can't do this anymore. Oh, no. I didn't expect this to be such a musical episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, shit. Well, speaking of theatrics, so he runs into Cassie, Jake runs into Cassie, and they sort of have a chase sequence that ends in a theater, which is very yeah. exciting. Um, <laughs> Always. Well, he doesn't know if it's Cassie, uh, and then it's Cassie. Yeah, basically. And like she, the second she showed up, I was like, "There's no reason for this not to be Cassie." Yeah. And then Jake, uh, yeah. Jake like saves her life because something nearly falls on her or whatever. And then she's like, "So, you're not dead." And it's like, da 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 da, chapter end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. <sighs> and then that's like the commercial break stinger. Yes, exactly. And um, I, 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 I have one of the things that I. Sorry, say that. Go on. You no, saying. no, go ahead. No, 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 I've interrupted you like four times this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm just, my notes are, I read this book a few days ago, and so I'm, I'm leaning on my notes a little harder than I usually do, so I'm probably going to skip stuff, so feel free to just jump all around. Um, Cassie basically teaches us about the EF, which is the Evolutionist Front, a Yerk rebel group that wants to start using artificially created hosts and like symbi- have a more symbiotic relationship, and my notes say exactly, I assume, somewhere Blair is screaming. Uh, because yes! this yes! was such a Yerk redemption arc moment. <laughs> I so everything about the everything about the rest of the setting is just dismal. Yeah, like there's it's just dismal, and like uh, in a way that almost I can't enjoy. But this specific thing, I'm like, we've known it can. We got this. It's yeah. good. I I love it. I do truly deeply love it. Yeah, Cassie's like friends says that she's friends with her Yerk, who's named Nis. Um, and I love this whole, like, it sucks to see such a grimdark Cassie, especially since we've spoken before a couple times, I think, about how sometimes it really feels like this series is extra punishing Cassie because she has the gall to be an empathetic and kind person. And yeah. so it, it, it often feels like Cassie is the one they're trying to break the hardest. Um, yeah. And so it's I don't really enjoy seeing her be all like, I understand war now, Jake. And, like, I think it's interesting to see um, some of the good things about her be used for evil. Like, we've they've, they've said before that, like, one of the reasons Cass- like Cassie is so empathetic that she can very easily manipulate people because she's really good at reading them. And so right. it's interesting to explore that, but at a certain point, you're like Alice in Wonderland, but the mushrooms are drugs, you know? And it's like, <laughs> I just can't do it anymore. Um, Alice in Wonderland is not a good example. That is all about drugs. But... Um, <laughs> It's like Mario, but the mushrooms are dead. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But that said, I do really like when Cassie gets to act like action movie girl. Um, Oh, me too. And she's like, she's like wrapping her wounds and she's like getting weapons out of bags and she's like hands one blaster to Jake and then puts like seven on her own body. Um, (laughs) It's just like absolutely. And we see that she has a portable Candrona ray, um, which I think is cool. Like, I'm interested a little bit in seeing, like, the evolution of Yerk technology specifically rather than, like, generic, I wanted egg for breakfast and hole in wall open and it had egg, uh, which is... (laughs) 
<laughs> which we get a bit it's of. not it's not interesting because we basically have the technology to do that today yeah um but it's it's the reason why it doesn't exist is because we just have more convenient options to do that <laughs> yeah I uh, I did, however, identify very much with, like, there was one specific line where I was like, oh, I've, I'm seeing my own dark turn here. Uh-huh. Um, because they, there's a paragraph uh, describing Cassie. It goes, um, she was animated. Her eyes glistened as she stood before me. There was the spark I knew. Only it wasn't love of people or animals that put it there. It was thoughts of sabotage, terrorism, strategy. And I was like, that <laughs> could absolutely be said about me in a grim, dark future. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. Oh, grim, dark wonder year. Grim, dark wonder year. Oh. Holy shit! <laughs> Which one of us becomes an evil overlord? I think it might be me. I'm, I was gonna say you probably. <laughs> okay, I was gonna do that. Like, I was gonna do that. My bin man, who's the captain thing, but who's the evil overlord? But I, you already did that, so yeah, Blair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can definitely see like an AU where. You're, like, an evil overlord, and I'm sort of a, like, I feel like I might be, you know, part of the rebellion, but, uh-huh. like, have lost too much of my heart, etc. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we end up sa- saving each other, basically. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because I obviously have to get a redemption arc. Yes. Of or course. Or else it's not worth it. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In this in this exposition block that Cassie gives here, there's uh-huh. there's a detail about this that there's a detail here that I'm really surprised was not capitalized on or like discussed in any way, shape, or form. Which is the fact that Axe literally like the the year the year Axe had, Axe became a controller and was forced to like genocide and enslave his people. Yeah. And, and Jake uh, is just kind of like, damn, that shit sucks, bro. Well, yeah, sh- uh, he, like, so yeah, Cassie is basically, like, um, she gets interested in actually speaking with Jake because, and just to be clear, this is also future Cassie, like, she's, you know, in it. Jake doesn't know anything, but she's also 25, but she's <laughs> a rebellion war leader. Um, right. And she's like, oh, shit. This version of you is an engineer in this project where they're going to turn the moon into a Candrona sun. I'll talk to you now. And Jake's like, okay, how'd this all happen? And basically she's like, well, Tom figured you out because of your bad bike blood lie. Uh, Immediately captures you and Marco and Axe and then kills Rachel. Um, Only Tobias escapes and... um, Axe becomes a controller and genocides his own people, and Marco becomes Visser too. And it's like, um, okay. And like the thing is, this sets seeds. This sets seeds for both the Rachel payoff later and the Marco payoff. That's like five pages later. But like, the Axe stuff is just not. I cannot believe that. Axe, like. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Axe really maybe doesn't... maybe it's just really close. To the, I just I cannot believe that Jake heard that like Axe did that, and Jake was just like, "Damn, that sounds rough." Jake is overstimulated. <laughs> you got a point. You got a very good point. And not really responding to things. Okay. I feel like at this point okay. he like As... I have just accepted the fact. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, you're right. This you're is right, actually right. happening. But I okay. totally um... get. I get what you're saying that like it truly does not come up again. <laughs> 
Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. For, from a storytelling perspective, yeah. I guess. From it, in, it makes sense in the media. So it's like, like that's just yeah. That is a, that is a, that is like an impossible fact to learn. Uh huh. Like and, damn. Yeah, and Cassie's basically like, okay, we're gonna use you for the rebellion. Uh, go live. And your also, fake also, life. yeah. And also, I killed all those people by blowing up the Chrysler building. Oh right, right. yeah. I guess does that happen before that? I don't know. This yeah, book, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she, she blows, she blows up the Chrysler. I blows think up it does, Chrysler. but also f- fucking whatever. Yeah. She blows up the Chrysler building, and then she mentions it to Jake, and Jake's like, hundreds right. of people died. And Cassie's oh, like, oh yeah, I'm I understand war now. <laughs> I'm badass now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's like, okay, we're gonna use you for the rebellion. So go live your fake life as best you can, and I'll send someone with the code work. And Jake's like, can, can what what if we make the code word peace? And Cassie's like, peace isn't possible. You're, and she had, there's this very sweet moment, honestly, where like it's described as like something passes over her face, where it it really felt to me like she was like, oh, you goddamn child I used to love. Uh, I know. <laughs> and then she's like, it's too late for peace. What if the code word is animorphs? <laughs> it's like code word animorphs sounds like a spinoff. Code, code Word Animorphs is the bad, like, Game Boy Advance game that was released, like, five years after this entire thing was over. Yeah, and, right. it's, and it's about, like, a kid we see. It's about, like, Melissa Chapman. <laughs> like, she's, yes. the, she's the only... Wait, it's like, it's hold like... on. I've got, I've got it. I'm mm. gonna kick the threads. Codename Kids Next Door. Codename Animorphs. No, I, I just, no, I just, no, you, Sydney, you keep talking. I'm going to spend the rest of this podcast trying to come up with a backronym for Animorphs. Don't, it's not worth it. <laughs> Wait. Sydney, what were you saying though about always, Melissa Chapman? Um, <laughs> always I'll, meeting. Impressions. Wait, wait, hold, hold, okay. Let's do this word circle style. <laughs> Blair starts with always, I say needing, Seda gets I, and we just go in a circle until we finish it. <laughs> Interrogation. Okay, always need interrogation. Um, always need interrogation. Um, maybe. <laughs> Thank you for spelling it out for us. <laughs> I dropped the word anamorphs in all caps into the chat because it felt like we were maybe losing this plot a little bit there. You're my hero. <laughs> so it was always needing interrogation, maybe. Um, um Mondays, or no, no, no! It's a, it's a word. It's a circle. You get to say, is it maybe or Mondays? Um, what's funnier? Mondays is funnier. It doesn't make um, a sentence. We can. It can be a sentence. Always need interrogation. Haunted? Is this called being possessed right now? Does anyone hear this? Okay, we should get back to it. No, um, I'm oh, not joking. Fine. Does anyone hear what's happening right now? Hi, Sada. What's up? Hey. You good? What's up? <laughs> Sita typed animorphs in all caps and then died. <laughs> <laughs> Something so bad is happening. What is it? What? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but Sita's making me laugh. Um, oh my god, okay. Sorry. Um... So my power cord is really stripped. Okay. Uh-huh. And it started to touch my headphones. Oh. Uh-huh. And so there was just slowly increasing electronic 
interference and like sounded like an alien broadcast happening in my headphones and i felt like i was dying because nobody else heard it and i didn't understand where it was coming from or what it could possibly mean and i was so scared seda oh no they're the the aliens why is it the first word agents Because always, because I was gonna be like, it's like always A B C, <laughs> always B. Morphin. Uh-huh. Morphin. But it's, it's. Do we want to? Do we want to finish? Do we want to finish this improv exercise or? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. I think. I think. See if Blair. That... See if Blair ever gets on Wham City Comedy with their no with his no oh. by fucking method of count, method of improv. That was, I don't, that was acts that was the Andalites coming into my headphones and saying stop. <laughs> You're about, none of you that was the Andalites coming in and saying you are about to uncover something you do not yeah. want to find out. You don't want to find out what this acronym stands for. Yeah, we were None of you have taken truth. improv classes. Um you That's, don't deserve to. <laughs> are you gonna say that to me, Blair? I don't know. I don't know. Have you You definitely have, what am I saying? I've never taken improv classes and that shows. Um, oh no. <laughs> so, oh god. Uh, I'm leaving this podcast. What happens on, next? We find a controller whose host used to work for the ACLU. It's really oh, no. funny. Yep, it's that definitely funny. happens. Because uh, Jake's basically just like, ah, my host is just is so annoying, has some rebellious tendencies. Uh,. And then, yeah, we get someone being like, oh, yeah, my host, my host used to work for the LCB, L- ACBO is what I was going to say. The Liquor Control Board of Ontario, um, the ACLU, and won't shut up about how I'm infringing on his rights. That's so fucking oh, funny. I know. Oh, so stupid. So deliciously stupid. Uh-huh. So um, Jake tries to be a normal boy at work. Um, which goes really bad immediately in the most hilarious like way. Mm-hmm. This book is doing so much too much at once. Yes, it like doesn't even allow us to enjoy the the meeting that he's at, mm-hmm. which is the the one we were talking about earlier. The peer communication uh, skills conquest through companionship. Exactly that right. one. Um, or like his little like ha- like heads up display, um, like three D like image with because he's like a engineer or whatever yeah his vr Um, engineering setup that makes him think that he's like he puts it on and he's like oh shit this is real now right which Um, i mean sure because it makes him crazy immediately because he's (laughs) like it it, there's and there's like basically no explanation for this other than the fact that i just had to assume it's because of this like brain thing so, uh, here's my out-of-the-ass explanation for this, is that the technology was designed with uh, for brains with yerks in them in mind, and sure. so the technology tried to sleep in, uh, seep in there, and it's like, wait a second, there's not a yerk in there, and the tech is like, There's uh, just trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead and scoop that shit out. <laughs> because he turns and basically sees a bunch of eviscerated, like, cork and taxons, and then, like, the, the Atlantis creature... Um, shows up and like tries to like attack him and then like David as a little mouse runs up on his legs and starts biting him and I'm like does anyone else smoke weed in this thread like I truly don't know what's happening here I'm like emotionally checked out at this point because I'm like no fucking way like absolutely not 
Um, and then I, I, one must assume he has like some sort of reaction to that because like everyone is silent afterwards and they're like, hey, boss, you good? And he's like, ha ha, yeah. And then like he gets escorted. This is insane. It's just insane. It's just insanity upon insanity upon insanity. He gets escorted away. He gets arrested by his father, basically. Dad yeah. controller. Dad troller. And they have a little conversation, which is too on the nose, where it's like his dad, like Jake is like, dad? And then the dad troller is like, yes, my host was also related to your host. What a coincidence. Funny how that happens. But, and then Jake is like, it is a coincidence. Ha, I've run into a lot of people. Gee whiz, this sure is a small world. That's real funny. And there, then there, is gets- a line in, there is a line in that paragraph where he's like, first I find Cassie. And then I see Marco, and then I find out that Rachel's dead. And like the the Rachel's finding out that Rachel's dead is like that sucks, but that's not like a. I, I would not chalk that up to the coincidences. <laughs> right. right, that's like that's like oh wow, I ran into two old friends in one day, and I found out that one other old friend died. <laughs> it's like right. Uh, yeah, it's cause well, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he gets arrested and thrown in front of Visser, whatever. Yeah, well, Mr. Marco. So this is something I found kind of interesting. When they start trying to show the cracks in like this like hallucination dreamscape, whatever Jake is in. Mm-hmm. Um, because so, 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 okay, two things. First of all, the controller Marco trying to act like Marco was genuinely very frightening to me. I um, love that. That was so good. Like, it was because, like, it was, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, go, go ahead. No, I, I interrupt you all the time, please. <laughs> Um, it's because I'm always talking. It's hard not to. Um, <laughs> like there were, there are times when this controller like tries to be flippant and make jokes and use Marco's uh cadence, and it's just oh, yeah. slightly off. And I found that so frightening. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's very good, very well done, and it made me wish that Marco was in this book. <laughs> I know. It made me. It made me wish that any of the characters that I like were in this book. It's true. Right. It's tough to spend so much time with just one, especially, bless his heart, one without a lot of interiority. Like the, the, <laughs> honey, the, baby boy. Yeah, you're Jake, totally right. Jake is a character with a lot of depth, but not, there is not depth to his character if he does not have the rest of the animorphs to play off of. Yeah, like, absolutely. I think he. I think he is far and away the least strong character, uh, like as a solo venture among all of them. Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, like it's his whole deal, right? Like, is is him relating and figuring out how he relates to the other people in his life, who All are right. his friends and also his army. Um, uh-huh. Right. Yeah, and they this this felt like a weird and this, little detail. In this book, he, and in this book, get a, instead of instead of like having that kind of serious introspection, he's just he's just kind of like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they Marco brings out like. It, it, it feels like a villain bringing out his, like, scary pit bull or something. Yeah, they have yes. this, like, particularly bloodthirsty taxon where they're like, this ble- this this taxon's so violent. How violent is he? We don't even make him a <laughs> controller. We just let him eat people. And it's like, right. you could do that to any fucking taxon. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> like, like, literally, the ta- some of the taxons in their employ are, like, not controllers. They just are so hungry. Good. Uh, it really felt like in the show, it would be like they designed a new scarier taxon and wanted to show it off. (laughs) You know what? You know what this is? Yeah. 
I, I genuinely think this is Marco's, like, control. I, I, like, this, I, this feels like Marco's controller bullshitting to me. Oh, yeah. totally. Like, yeah. like, he, like, maybe he's just kind of forgotten that the Animorphs also know this. That's, that's actually, that's really funny. I like that idea a lot. Like, they were supposed to have, like, a shark pit to lower him into, uh, but they couldn't. They, like, it just didn't work. So they were like, well, okay. Well, it's just one shark, but he's can you put, so can you scary. Put, like, can you go put, like, Greg on a leash real quick? Yeah. <laughs> can oh, you just, like, go grab Gwen? I, I know he's in that meeting about the, the conquest through companionship, but can you just, like, we just got to borrow him for, like, five, ten minutes? Can you make his latte a double and just, like, bring him in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, and then Marco Cassie and Cassie and Tobias are here, question mark, too. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Well, Cass- yeah. Cassie, Cassie is there because he because Marco wheels, Marco wheels out Cassie and is like, "Hey, I'm gonna kill your girlfriend." And Jake's like, "No, don't kill my girlfriend. I'll talk." And Marco's like, "Excellent." And then Cassie's like, "Patui," and spits in Marco's spits eye. Spits in his eye. It's so dope. Um, it's really good. Marco, see, this is where they're starting to like show the cracks in it because Marco misspeaks. He's like, "And I'm Visser three. and Jake's like, "But Cassie said you were Visser two. and Marco's like, "Oh, I am." And then he goes off on, like, an insane dream villain monologue. Like, he's like, what's the difference? What's the difference between anything? Is there a difference between pain and no pain? All pain is pain and fear is fear. And if this taxon eats you, you'll feel it. So what does it matter? It's a dream if you want, but it's also real and I'm scary. And it's like, ooh. (laughs) And uh, you can just kind of, like, feel Marco inside being like, I'm Darth Vader. <laughs> Let me go. Yeah. <laughs> Darth Vader's not oh, known honey. for monologues. That was not a good example, but you know. No. But I, but I do think it is a thought that he would have. Yeah. I just, I just got this really funny idea in my head of like Marco and Jake like talking about like what force powers they'd want, and Aww. then like Cassie, you know, like Rachel walking by and just being like. You truly turn into animals, you know. <laughs> and Marco's just like, yeah, but I can't. I want to shoot lightning. I want to shoot lightning. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, oh no. I'm not. Mm, we can't think about Star Wars. No, we, we can't, can't think, think too much Star about Wars. Star Wars. We've got to be careful if we think about Star Wars. I I can talk. We can talk about, about Star Wars, Wars when we don't have a book to talk about. Yeah. Okay, let's finish this book and then talk about Star Wars. <laughs> listen, I listen. I watched the movies for the first time. We ever. are already over an hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bonus bonus Star Wars episode. Oh Christ! Later, but almost not now. ten. Jesus Christ! Yes, yeah. exactly. So um, Cassie spits into Marco's eye, and then none of it was real. Uh, yes, or whatever. There's, there, well, oh, hold on, you're missing, there's, there's a couple of things in the middle of that that you're skipping over. So she spits in his eye, and, like, then think, I, like, Marco's like, okay, go back to work and be normal, but wait for someone to give you a sign, and then double-cross them or whatever. And that right. eventually leads to him finding Rachel, who is... Well, but, no, but I mean, like, literally none of that was real. Like, Jake wakes up again. Like, oh, right, I, he passes I, out. But, but it's also, like, it's, it's not real, but it's also implied, like... Things stick to him, yeah, in a way that, like, the implication is that maybe it's very, it's dreamlike in a way that's like a little on the nose, yeah. Um, 
Uh, and, and I was like, yep. Because at this point, again, I've said I'm completely emotionally checked out. Yeah. So I'm like scrolling like this might as well fucking happen. Yeah. Um, he meets Rachel and then it's a whole thing where Rachel has been seriously injured. And again, Animorphs tries to get into disability a bit. And so I just didn't take any notes on that part. I remember reading it, but I was like, I don't want to engage with this because it sucks. Right. When Cassie um, yeah. showed up, I did cry a little bit. I mean, I've been having a day, so that that might have more to do with it, but I digress. I did cry. Or when Rachel shows up, I said Cassie. Yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, it was... It I was, mean, they have a good conversation. It was so. abstractly affecting. Um, yeah. I, could, yeah. I could see that the circumstances were uh, emotional, but the book was not bringing me there. <laughs> right. But I... Yeah, and then Jake kind of, like, runs, and he does a whole bunch of, like, you know... Those, like, mission... I'm going to make a video game reference. Are you ready? Not a specific uh, yeah. one, just a general one. It's, okay. like, when you're on those missions where you're going, 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 and then there's, like, a timer thing where it's, like, okay, now you have to hit triangle. Quick time event. To, yes. Yeah. It's a quick time event where he's dodging all of the orfs. And, Hold on. Uh, say, say, say that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let, let you dial that one back. Uh, say Shenmue instead, and that'll get you some good credit. I don't want to... It sounds like a bad word. <laughs> You can cuss. It's okay. <laughs> I'm 15. I was cursing at 15. I don't know how young yeah, is 15. Yeah, among us. I may not have been cursing at 15. I know exactly when I, well, I mean, I don't know when I started swearing, but I know when I told my dad that I was swearing. So I'd, I'd already been, I didn't go to a very good school. Like we were pretty rough and tumble. Uh, and then when I was 11 i think 11 or 12 i went to my dad and was like father just so you know i'm going to begin integrating swearing into my language um and my dad tells this story so often because to him it was me asking for permission and but for me i was like i'm just letting you know so that if i say fuck in front of you you're not gonna think it's you're not gonna freak out that is so funny and that is so you that is probably one of the most used stories i've ever heard um oh my god sadas be the same i know uh, it's so true um, um <laughs> and then uh, uh uh jake's running and running he tries to get to the library and then he falls into a black hole where there's children singing yep it's a very idyllic I ha- view i hated this it was so boring um these are like the it's free- like this is this is what jake's gonna this is what jake's here to fight for like yeah so like, I, I I also yeah so this is like the free the free folk <laughs> I think that's a Game of Thrones thing um, it is I but that's in my notes too so uh, yeah and uh, the there's they rescue kids from from human farms oh so I have a a thing so they they say that controllers are picked at random to procreate um in order to create more humans and then the kids are raised in human farms uh blah 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 and uh, my question is how many yurks do you think defect from the yurk empire because they happen to be put into a body that has to carry a pregnancy to term oh my god can you imagine just like having to live in this because i assume like it's very much implied that like it's not like they're they don't have pregnancy farms like all of this sucks i understand this sucks but there must be yurks that are like fuck this right (laughs) being pregnant sucks i'm out Oh my god! Because it's like yeah, because like humans don't have freedoms, but also yurks kind of don't either. They're yeah, also exactly. Like 
in this highly like hierarchical like segmented society it's, yeah it's so they, interesting they, they, they <laughs> rescue the kids from the human farms and they pump them full of joy and trees and give them concept names like justice liberty and storm which isn't so much hate- a concept as a meteorological <laughs> effect and jake's like why don't these kids have trauma um and it's like jake sweetie baby <laughs> You can't just ask someone when they don't have trauma. And then the, like, whoever caregiver is like, oh, because we give them trees and happiness. And Jake's like, cool. Must must be nice. (laughs) Must be nice. (laughs) I hate this fucking book. Um, um, Then just plot soup happens. He leaves the compound. He just is like. He leaves and Jake runs into he goes to the library and then he's finds a really long stack and goes down it and then he sees elfanger and he's like oh shit he's hot as hell but it's actually uh-huh. tobias in uh this actually really did kind of get me uh, yeah tobias was like so tobias speaks to him as elfanger and then like changes his voice and is like it's me your friend tobias remember that i could morph axe i decided to not be bird anymore and instead be axe and that's when it like hit me in my heart that axe was gone and i was like oh no and then tobias is like twist you didn't get captured you got killed um and then I guess I felt something because my next note is I'm literally too emotional to take notes about this Andalite Tobias and Jake conversation. So something happened. Yes. Um, if I remember correctly, I say that like I didn't just finish reading the book two hours ago. Uh-huh. Um, this entire scene is like a discourse between Jake and Tobias about how Jake is like not. I, this wouldn't make you break into tears, though, because I, I can't imagine you tearing up over the fact that like. Jake being confronted on, does he really not want to be a leader? Because that's all I remember about that scene. <laughs> yeah, I know that it gets into like. So now you have to, you have to, your choice is either go and save Cassie's life or altering this moon ray. So you have to decide. I think that honestly, I was just too stricken by Andalite Tobias uh, to, mm-hmm. to think about in- anything else. Honestly, entirely possible and probable. Yeah. And then Jake leaves the library and the season has changed because whatever. Um, And then he has the choice to either save Cassie's life or fuck up this project that's going to turn the moon into a Candrona. And then he wakes up and there's a beautiful non-binary voice in the void calling to him. And then he's like, calls Cassie and he's like, are you okay? And then I wrote, what? 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 Several times in all caps. Because <laughs> the book just ends. Because the book just simply It's ends. over. And that's it. You ever, yeah, like, is... like, I think, this happens to me fairly often when reading these books, where I, like, I'm reading something and I'm like, oh, this is pretty intense. I wonder how much of the book, six pages? Yeah. Like, this one was the worst offender, because I did, I had that moment, and I was like, the next page? You know, what? one thing that I really kept thinking about, and and, and just came up again, is that, excuse me, I feel like this book, I don't know if it was written with the TV show in mind or if it was just written by somebody who thinks more cinematically than narratively. I can see how this would work as a weird 
mid-season episode of the TV show, you know? For sure. When, like, Absolutely. When you actually have the visuals and you have a way of showing reality distorting around Jake slowly and everything falling apart around him as he's slowly figuring out that this isn't real and right. all of that. And, like, I, I, I feel like that could be interesting, especially if you're looking at, at, like, the season arc. This is the last season and this, like, gives you your almost breather before we get into, like... Because we've only got, like, ten books to go, right? Yeah, unfortunately, we've got a couple more breathers ahead of us. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, if if we tightened it up a little. <laughs> yeah, right. tighten up a little bit. Uh... I can see this being a controversial episode of the show that I would very much enjoy. Absolutely. I just don't think it works as a book. I totally agree, because as this was happening, I'm just like, I was like, I was like swimming through a sea of nonsense, like, because things just kept happening. Yeah. And I was like waiting, because in text you, you expect, like, text, you needs to care, needs to carry you a little bit more, like needs to hold your hand a little bit more through like transitions of things. Mm -hmm. Right. This one, this one, I was just getting whiplash from this one. Right. (laughs) It just, it just kind of felt like they were, sorry, go on, Blair. Well, I, I just kept expecting like like narrative threads to be connecting and I wouldn't have I felt like I was doing all the intellectual labor for this book trying to make things make sense yeah in a way that felt like this isn't how this isn't how literature works right um the the thing that really like the problem that got me about this is that it felt like they like they had it felt like they had a plot in mind and then they were like okay but how does Jake go back like how does like it feels like they set up the exact story beats and then did not figure out why, like, then why Jake would go in, would enter and exit captivity so often. Sure, yeah. Like, I feel like so much of it is like, uh, so how does he get back to the office to do the rest of the stuff that he needs to do? I don't know. Do you, do you, he'll come back later. Marco believes him that he'll come back later. Sure, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about this next? It just felt like like they fi- they figured out why he left the building. They, they figured out how he was able to left, leave the building after they figured out why he did. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it, for so, this is such an unnecessarily intense pull, but I just, I kept thinking of, like, the visuals in the back of uh, Midsummer. Oh, sure. And how Ooh. it, like... It, like, where everything, like, breathes? Yeah, yeah. And, and how they use... Uh, hidden visual and they used the memories of like visualizations and things that happened earlier in the movie there are echoes of it that are very dreamlike and i can see how something like that would make this very effective if you had a way to silently bring elements back to like keep the story moving um i think that would be cool and make it work but this is a book. Yeah. <laughs> this is a 70-page um, book. <laughs> yep. Woo! Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Amamorphs. Amamorph. <laughs> you know what? It was certainly exciting to come back on this book. Yeah, I yeah. gotta I got say, like, I'm kind of glad. I, I was lamenting that we came back to this one uh, to Blair earlier, but I kind of... I kind of would like to reverse my opinion that I kind of am glad that we came back to this one, and I'm not like... Expected to like housing with like deep emotional resonance, uh-huh. like some of the books do. Like if we came back to if we came back to some of these books, it would not be well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this one was just goofy. 
Um, goofy and intense in a way, it's fine. We've discussed this book at length. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have. Um, All right. What comes next? Uh, questions? We do some, let's do some plugs. Questions. Oh, questions. questions. Absolutely. Yeah, we got some questions. I put the questions tweet up way early today. Woo. Uh, at Maxie Staten, wishes to, wishes to know, if you went back in time to meet your younger self, would they think you're cool? Yes. Yes. Um, maybe. That's such a hard question. I feel like maybe if cool you ask is, me that cool question. Is not a, cool is not the word I would use. <laughs> maybe it is. I don't know. I thought girls were cool when I was, young, when I was 15. I still think girls are cool. Mm-hmm. I would say if this question was posed to me in like two years, the answer would absolutely be yes. But right now... It'd be like, maybe, <laughs> kind of. Um, actually, definitely. I thought adults were cool. All adults were cool. I, um, I had a pretty inherent mistrust of all adults, but I have very much leaned into and become the exact sort of person I always wanted to be. So right. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Absolutely. I mean, my, mine is just like, I'm, I'm a girl now. and Sure. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I just like tell 15-year-olds, like, Die hard, straight edge, never touch alcohol or anything. Just tell me, like, hey, weed's okay. Just <laughs> you'll do fine. You'll do fine. Just uh, have a have a just do a bump of cocaine every now and then. Don't do that. <laughs> don't tell your don't tell a child that. Okay. Oh, fine. yeah. Teen me would not approve of uh the drinking, etc. I wouldn't go into the harder stuff with them uh, because they're not quite right. They pretended to be allergic to alcohol until they were like 17 or 18. So uh, that That's crazy. I never knew that about you. Oh, yeah. Do you want to unlock my tragic backstory? We can get into it. I feel like I feel like I've already there's like just like little things that I've been mocking here and there now. It's like yeah. a little advent character uh, calendar of trauma. <laughs> exactly what it is. Advent calendar of trauma. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Woo. Oh my god. Well, the funniest thing about being so online for my entire life is that in a way I can go back and visit my younger self. Right. And it's through like DeviantArt artist comments and just be uh-huh. like, oh, kiddo. Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sometimes I like go back and I just read a bunch of like poems and stuff and I, I spend some time with like 16 year old me and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, uh, Teenager is hard. Hold yeah. on, sorry. I just found some extremely important information, which is my old DeviantArt page from when I was... Uh, how old was I when I posted this one? I posted this one... Wow, I posted this one almost 10 years ago exactly. Hmm. And it's an extremely, extremely blurry picture of me holding up an umbrella. Oh, <laughs> you know, good. I'm just going to link it. That's uh, art, baby. <laughs> But it's specifically an umbrella, umbrella, like umbrella core from the video game. Oh, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> oh, look at you, you little nerd. Um, yeah, I. Um, there's not a lot of interesting things in my old DeviantArt. I've looked at it recently, and I think I deleted a lot of things um, about five years ago. I have 888 deviations in storage. Um, I, I, yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. we've been doing this for uh, an hour and a quarter, so. Do we have other questions? Yes, we do. This one cool. from at Ducky Aisha, who wants to know, I have a distinct memory of, of, as a kid, reading Jake talking about the two towers in the future, i.e. post 9-11, and being dumbstruck. What other examples of sci-fi failing to predict massive events, quote, in the future, quote, have stuck with you over time? 
Blade Runner. Blade Runner? Blade Blade uh, Runner was last month. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of I other ones. So Mega I can't Man. think of I can't think of anything specifically, but it, what I always think about in that sort of like weird context is the Robert Pattinson movie where it just turns out that he died in 9/11. Ah, oh, Rain oh, Over God. Me. Yeah. No, remember I think me. About remember that me. A lot. Rain, remember of, me. Those are both 9/11 movies. One of them's about Adam Sandler. The other one's about Robert Pattinson. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's just such a weird thing that our culture was doing for way too long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um I, I know. Sorry, my. Uh. Um. No, I can't think of anything else specifically, but uh. It's it's it is those like weird, just our weird relationship with um, buildings and stuff and how that just like it's it's just there's just no reason for it. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, I mentioned Mega Man uh, as just like an offhand comment, but that didn't remind me that um in the original Mega Man, the games are sent set in the far off future of the year two thousand and X. Uh-huh. And then a couple the by like the third or fourth installment they were like uh the 2000s are kind of going to be upon us before we uh before we're like at this future robot master technology. What if we made it a uh, 20XX? Right. And so from that on it was 20XX. So that could be that could be any time from 2000 to 2099. Mm. Right. We got time. Yeah. We got time, baby. Um cool. Um is them's questions? Uh them is questions. Fabulous. Uh, if you want to find our little show, you can uh, contact us at Twitter, uh, at the at Twitter on Twitter at the Wonder Yerks, or you can support the show uh, on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash fear baiting. Um, I believe all patronages are paused as fear baiting is on hiatus right now, but you can still swing over there, I guess, if you if your deep dark machinations. Um, <laughs> want you to do so. Yeah. Um, uh, and you can also support the, the uh, sister podcast for rating there as well. Um, if you would like to find me on the internet, you can do so at Blair Kitch on Twitter. Um, I'm yelling all the time, especially now that it's Star Wars season. <laughs> Star Wars season, baby! Seda, where can we find you on the internet? I'm in Star Wars. <laughs> um... I'm uh, Star Wars. Uh, Seda, if you if you look very closely, uh, when in the scene when Lin Manuel Miranda shows up, you can see Seda in the very background, just kind of running into frame. Yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, he has a cameo. Oh, so does Seda. <laughs> yeah, so does yep. Seda. In that exact same scene, Seda, you can just like see Seda scurry yeah. on the set and then be hefted away by like some key grip. Yeah, but they kept it in, so who really yeah. won? I'm on Twitter at nudity with an EA instead of a Y, and you can check it. I'm not used to doing this second. I'm really thrown off. Um, you can check out my music at gaygothvibes.online or pilotingtheanimal.bandcamp.com, and you can check out my other podcast where I make little songs to solve little problems at music for molehills. Musical mole on Twitter. There we go. Woo! Yes. <laughs> um, hey, Sarah. Can... Yeah. Where can we find you on the internets? Uh, I'm not fucking doing podcasts for this month, except for this, except for the Wonder Years. I, I do, I do one podcast this month. But if you want to listen <laughs> to me on other months, you can check out Fear Baiting, which Blair mentioned, um, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, which is the leftism podcast that I do, which is also taking the month off. But hey, there's a backlog. You can listen. I think we're funny. Uh-huh. 
Um, you can check me out on Twitter also at SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. And is that everything? Do I have anything else to plug? Thanks, Noise Space. Thank you, Noise Thank you, Space. Noise Thank space. you, Noise Space and Matt GameCube for uh, hosting this podcast and so many other wonderful podcasts. Mm-hmm. And thank you to Baby Yoda. Thank you, Baby oh Yoda. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Baby Yoda. Everyone thank you. pirate the Ma- Mandalorian. Yeah, pirate <laughs> the Mandalorian. Go steal Star Wars directly from Disney. Thank you. <laughs> just Sorry. Um, it just reminded me of an article that I saw the other day that was uh, from the Hard Times. And it was just, like, breaking. Baby Yoda has died after being carried off set by a very large bird. Oh, no! I don't like that. Baby Yoda lives forever, and so do we. Um, So until next time that we do this podcast, I have been Blair. I'm Sarah. I'm Seda. Uh, And remember... Agents, notice, interrogate, meet, operatives, report, pile, hard, secrets. The whole time. The whole time? The whole time. Keep your hand on the Escafil device. Keep your hand on the Escafil device. They're mine! They're mine! Oh my god.